Welcome to Crosstalk, the gospel for today and beyond. We are so glad you could join us today. The Crosstalk podcast is in pursuit of growing in our understanding of the gospel and discovering what it means to transfer to the next generation. And now, here are your hosts, Charles and Daniel. Good to be back with you. As many know who've been listening on a regular basis, we have been dealing with the biblical topics that we as evangelicals often think unbiblically on. And this is not a condemnation of anybody in particular. This is just something we all need to think about. <laughs> so I, I do want to clarify that. You know, it can sound almost pompous and prideful to say, oh, we got the answers. Everybody else is wrong. That's not what we're trying to do Yeah, here. what can happen is that we have um, um, cliché-ish thinking, right. and we don't really think through biblically what we're saying. And we're all guilty of that. Yeah. I think we're all very guilty of that. So the, the last episode we just did was on the Holy Spirit. And the idea of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Right. Um, but however, after talking about these issues, we did get some feedback, and we feel it's important to discuss it a little more and fill in the gaps. So you may have listened to that and gone, okay, but what about this? Or what about this? And I'm not going to promise our listeners that we're going to answer all the what about this. You mean we're not going to answer all their questions? Probably not. I would oh, encourage well. you to go to the scriptures for that. But I will say this. We do want to hopefully fill in some of those gaps we may have left in the previous episode. And we'll be doing this for the next couple of weeks, just trying to expound upon the idea of the Holy Spirit. Um, this week, however, which we're on, uh, we're going to be on the role of the Holy Spirit in salvation. And before we go any further, I'm going to turn my texting off. Just going to let our audience know or they're going to be hearing my dinging <laughs> on my texting to this entire thing. So I'll get that off here so you don't hear that. But um, what we want to talk about is the role of the Holy Spirit in salvation. Um, next week will be more about in our walk with the Lord and guiding and directing. But right now we want to talk about the idea in salvation. So three things that we're going to talk about, and we'll have various passages of Scripture we'll work through. One is conviction, regeneration, and then lastly, conversion. So just jumping in here, conviction. What what do we mean and why are we dividing all this up like this? Well, conviction is that work the two ways to look at conviction, one is if you have a conviction about something, that means it's a strongly held belief. But we're talking about conviction as a verb or as a, as bringing conviction. Um, and the Holy Spirit does that. In fact, that was one of the promises that Jesus made when he gave the promise of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and the Holy Spirit would convict King James. Old King James says, reprove the world, mankind, men and women, young people, of sin, of righteousness, and judgment. So the promise is that one of the works of the Holy Spirit in dealing with sinners is to bring reproof or conviction. Well, and, and I think what, why we want to, and we're going to get more into this, but I think when you look at conviction, many may be convicted but never repent. Right, and, and we'll so we're going to we're gonna the, get to the why. Of the that. reason for that. Right. So in this a is what I'm saying is this is why we're dissecting this because right. this helps explain why so many people might give evidence of conviction, but not really be converted. So conviction we'll get more without into that, conversion, but, concern without right. conversion. But that's the reasoning we're yeah. going down this being path. Being moved so. without being changed. Yes. Yeah. And we see that, and yeah. we, we look at people with, oh man, that, what happened? They looks like they were so sincere. You know the the. Um, the fear that can come with some kind of awakening, but yet not conversion. So, uh, 
three things. First, the Spirit, when He comes, will convict the world of sin. Um, the the nature of sin, the uh, what sin is that it is the right, breaking I was about to say, of God's what is law. Sin? Yeah. yeah, that it is the missing of God's mark. That it is falling short of God's glory. These things, the, the Spirit brings this conviction. Well, that we actually have broken God's law. Yes, His holy, just law has been broken by us. And not we just, are guilty of that. And not just sins, but of sin, our condition, right. that we're not right with God, that we are, as Isaiah says in the King James, undone, ruined. Mm. We're, we're toast, so You, to you do get a sense in that Isaiah passage that he really, really saw himself for what he really was. I, I think he was sincere. He was, and he was a converted man. I mean, right. he was a prophet of the Lord. But still, the sense of being... But it goes back to our topic before. Here was a, a man of God who felt undone. But but that, the Spirit of God brings that certainly to believers. Good. But yeah. to unbelievers, a sense of of shattered reality. Uh, just just so there's sin, and we've talked before about sin versus sins. Sin being a condition right. that results in sinfulness. But then uh, of righteousness, um, you know the world. Lost humanity does not have a biblical view of righteousness and of justice, for that matter. But they don't have a biblical view of a righteous standard. It is what they want it to be. I mean, and I say they, but without Christ, we all have a standard of some sort. But it's well, what and, we want it to be. And I think that's why just culturally looking at where we're at today, you look at all that's going on. I mean, there's so much going on one little peruse of a news site and it's like, whoa. We're so confused because of this issue of what is righteousness. We, we really are. Mm-hmm. And we've been confused forever, but we've become, I think, even more confused in this time period. And there's been other times where the clarity of what is right and wrong is is not clear. And so therefore, that's what we're talking about. Wherever you are on that spectrum of your morality even your own personal feelings about morality is not good enough. So right. therefore, you have to see God's standard of righteousness. You but, have to be convicted of that. It's interesting. You know, Jesus said that the Spirit will convict the world of sin because they don't believe on me. That, mm. you know, it's interesting because many people believe about Jesus. But well, they, they believe about God. But they whatever. don't have yeah. saving faith. And so sin, at its essence, is not looking to Christ for who he is, not trusting him for who he is and what he has done. But then righteousness is, and, and uh, he says, because I go to the Father and you see me no more. Well, what's that got to do with righteousness? Because when he was here, he was the perfect standard of righteousness. He lived out righteousness, God's righteousness before others. Well, with him gone, the Spirit of God comes now and brings that conviction, puts that standard there, that that biblical uh, concept of righteousness, and brings it to fore and brings it upon the hearts of people. So that is righteousness. And then the other is judgment. Which you mentioned already kind of it was this idea of righteousness and justice. Right. Now, now – we get this idea that we deserve, I would assume, where you're going with this, that we deserve the, the, the righteous judgment of God. Sin yeah. and a lack of righteousness bring judgment. Uh, and so, so this is conviction. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. So, so interesting you bring that out. One of our elders is doing a class on counseling 
in a few weeks back, he was dealing with this idea of confession, which we're going to get into a little bit more as we talk about regeneration. But he was talking about confession, and he was talking about how he made the comment, which kind of makes people go, huh? You know, they kind of perk their ears up. I'm not really sure that's right, which is okay. That's good. Mm-hmm. That God doesn't forget about your sin. Right. And and it, and I watched the room when he said that, and everybody was like, what? <laughs> no, he, he removes it as far as the east from the west. No, no, no. Right. He doesn't forget about your sin. Meaning, if he forgot about his sin, he wouldn't be a holy God. Well, not only that, he wouldn't be God, because how can God forget? Right. Yeah. It's so, not like but, he doesn't know what happened. But the whole concept and the idea was this idea of justice he cannot not deal with it. Mm-hmm. It has to be dealt with. You go into a courtroom. Well, you committed this, the, the crime. Maybe you get a lenience and sentence. If we want to go the full gospel spectrum, somebody steps in and pays the price, whatever that is. But it still happened. Right. And our so, sins still happen. So I think this idea of conviction is we have to walk in this understanding that we offended a holy God, not the other way around. Right. And it, so – I think that helps people understand and grab a hold of that, that we broke God's law. God didn't break God's law. <laughs> right. And and those of us who have come to know Christ and have been converted, saved, there's at some point, and it may, we may struggle. Some of us may struggle to, to pinpoint that time. But there's right. been some place, some point of conviction, of reproof. We knew we were lost. We knew we needed a savior. We knew that not only were our actions wrong, but the heart attitude and condition behind all that was wrong. Okay, so we got conviction. The next one here is regeneration. Now, you and I discussed this, and I asked the question because I was wanting to make sure we clarify this when we come on here, and I think we will. But a lot of misunderstanding that happens with the work of the Spirit within salvation can be between these two things, conviction and regeneration, and being able to understand the difference and that also they don't always happen at the same time, but sometimes they do happen at the same time. So you know what I'm saying? Like we don't want to so dissect it that it's like, well, you know, I got your conviction, and then 20 days you're going to be regenerated. That's not what we're saying. Yeah, I don't know that we're responsible yeah. to deciphering no. when conviction and regeneration happen in the order. You, you the, uh, yeah, we just know they happen. But our goal is to biblically say these are elements of the Holy Spirit's working within salvation. Some would say yeah. that conviction can't come unless you've been regenerated, unless you've been given life t- to be convicted. Right. Uh, I think sinners a lot of times are have a strength, sense of right and wrong. That doesn't well, mean that they ever come to faith in Christ. Th- but I think it goes back to the old John passage. They went out from us because they were not of us. So – so how else would you explain this idea that somebody really wasn't a believer, but they gave evidence of somehow some conviction? I genuinely think, and somebody can take me to task on this, I genuinely think they knew some form of conviction, that somehow yeah. this was not right. Right. This was wrong. I sinned against God. But ultimately, they never knew Christ. They never trusted Christ and never regenerated. So therefore, they walked away, which then goes back to... You know, the whole abiding that we talked about, the whole – Yeah, they remain um, attached to Christ. They dwell. Carnal Christianity. Yeah. So I think this is where we're getting in and kind of filling in these gaps. Right. And as far as regeneration goes, a classic passage on that, I think, is John chapter 3. Most of us think of John chapter 3 and verse 16, for God so loved the world, etc. We know that. Most Christians know that passage. Even a lot of non-Christians know that passage. They've seen the reference thrown up at ball games and right. stuff, you know, on camera. <laughs> well – 
But the, but there's more there than verse 16 for us as Christians to understand something of the regenerating work of the Holy right. Spirit. It's what has been called the new birth, which Jesus talks about with Nicodemus. And it's interesting that Nicodemus was what Jesus called the teacher of Israel, the hmm. teacher in Israel, and yet he did not so understand these things. But he should have. Yeah, it was not new. T- it was not new truth. It was old covenant truth. Would it be like? And I don't want to overstress this, but it would be like our pastor. He's the main preaching pastor. He should know. Yeah. <laughs> he should you know, know these things. Right, right, right. Yeah. You don't know about the new birth. Right. You don't know about regeneration. And there are a couple of things that, and, you know, sermons, books have been written on John chapter 3. It's it's full of truth and application regarding regeneration, regarding conversion, which we'll talk about in a moment. But two things stand out when we're talking about the work of the Holy Spirit and the unbeliever. One is the necessity of the new birth. Okay. Jesus makes it clear because because John, I mean um, Nicodemus, he, he, you know he breaks the ice, <laughs> so to speak, by saying, "Well, we we know." I don't know if he's saying we as Jews or we as Jewish teachers and leaders know that you are a teacher that came from God. That's nice, or else you wouldn't be able to do the things you do. <laughs> right. Jesus cuts right right through all the chaff and all the chafe, and right to the issue. Uh, unless a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, so so right there, and he says it again. Marvel not that I say unto you, you must. Little Greek word, small little Greek word, bringing out necessity, absolute necessity. Be born again. Mm-hmm. You must experience. So the it's new a strong birth. word. That must is very strong. In fact, you can't see. You cannot comprehend or understand the kingdom of God without the new birth. You can know stuff, but you can't understand it. You can't see. You know, John uses the phrase in the book of Revelation when, well, when he's um, dictating these letters that go to the seven churches, and after each one, let him who has an ear hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. That is the Spirit saying, again. but um, And you don't have an ear to hear. You don't have a head, a mind that will understand the things, the kingdom of God, unless you've experienced a new birth. You may have conviction. You may sense that you uh, are lost or sinful and need a Savior or need something. But regeneration is necessary for understanding these matters, coming to grips with these matters. So so there's a necessity of the new birth, and there's the nature of the new birth. So, so Nicodemus asks a very logical question. What does a guy do? Does he get back in his mother's womb and and experience birth again? I mean, that, that, I don't think was he's definitely not on the same plane that Jesus was. No, he's not. But right. he's also, I don't think, being trite. Right. That sounds trite. You right. Know, that sounds seriously. I mean, you don't mean that. Do you mean I, I mean, yeah. he's, I think he's just saying, what is what's what is this new birth? And that's when Jesus says, "You mean you're the teacher in Israel? You don't understand these things?" Uh. Uh, and which and means so, to say, the Old Testament communicated it. Somewhere, somehow. Yes. Which you don't have time it to go was into. not but. new. Right. The new birth was not new. Right. And so Jesus goes into something of the nature of the new birth. And this is interesting because he, he gives the illustration of the wind. Interesting because the word for wind and spirit are the same, pneuma, in the Greek. They are in the Old Testament, too, ruach, which is the word for wind or breath. But he says the wind blows where it will, where it wants. You, you, you hear it. And uh, you hear the sound of it. You know, you see, hear, see the effects. 
but uh, but you don't know where it comes from. Mm. And so is one who is born of the Spirit. And then he gives that classic passage that is, creates a lot of discussion. Uh, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit, Spirit. Marvel not that I say to you, you must be born again. Um, the the phrase, uh, the passage where it says, um, 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 uh, well, I just went blank there, and I'm not looking at the passage in front of me right now. But um, that uh, that was you must be born of water and the Spirit. We're not going to go into that right now. <laughs> I, 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 I don't mind to, but we're not right now. Right, right. Uh, but there's a difference in being born of one way and being born another way, flesh and spirit. And so, but the, it's it's a spiritual action or transaction. It's a spiritual activity. It's a matter of the heart and spirit. It's not something you see. Regeneration is not seen. But it's necessary. It's right. in the nature of the spiritual. It's not just a mental transaction. Charles Finney very much pushed this idea of conversion was a mental decision. That's all it was, a mental transaction. So it's almost as if you went into the bank, you said, I want to make a deposit, put 20 bucks in, 100 bucks in the bank. You're making this transaction. You're making a decision to do something. It's there, there's not the spiritual aspect of the spirit of God working within you. We've boiled it down to a human action. Is yes. basically what you're saying. Finney was saying, and what yeah. you're saying is it was is, it was an intellectual. This this decision. is the Holy Spirit working and moving. Right, and we cannot miss this. Otherwise, we can miss pretty much everything else. Yeah, the other thing that comes up in this discussion, and and we won't have time to satisfy everyone's curiosity or questions about this, but. How can a person believe without being regenerated? Hmm. How do dead people, how do blind people see without being given sight? How do dead people believe without being given life? Right. And so, so wherever conviction and regeneration come together here, they certainly work together. But conviction will not alone make a person a Christian. Well, and I think I see that – Within just raising children, <laughs> I mean, you can come and, and and the child can feel sorry for what he did, probably because he got caught. You know, you know, by and but large. The, but sometimes I've even noticed out of William, there is this sense of sorrow. I was sorrow. Oh, yeah. But he turns around and does it again. Sometimes ten minutes later. Yeah. Or two. <laughs> so so that idea of human nature being played out in front of me right there. Right. This idea of conviction, but you need to be regenerated. I see it every day. And very plain, childlike behavior. And, and to me, it's a living example of what the Scripture is saying here. Well, it's, un, it's necessary for us to understand that the nature – Jesus explains the nature of the new birth. It is an activity of the Spirit of God. Mm. And that's what we're trying to get across here. That's most yeah. important. In the unbeliever, there's a necessity for regeneration, for the new birth. Mm. People don't look in a saving way to Christ without the new birth. Amen. Praise God for that, because I I know I would still be where I I was. Absolutely. Okay, so we have conviction, we have regeneration. We talked about how those kind of mold together, and it's hard to decipher between the two sometimes, but they are biblical concepts we need to grasp the hold of. Next is conversion. Hey, the thing that must happen, right? Yeah. Now, this whole idea, we don't use the word converted very much anymore, but there's been some return to it, especially with a renewal of sort of um, Reformation theology and approach to evangelism and to conversion. Uh, We say, I got saved. (laughs) 
you know, or I say, or we ask a person, "Have you ever been saved?" Um, but the, and that's true. That's that's a biblical term. Salvation is deliverance from sin and its penalty right. and its power. But but um, conversion uh, is a work of the Holy Spirit. We don't turn without the Spirit turning us. Mm. And in Titus chapter three, there's a passage that where Paul tells. Um, uh, Titus, a young pastor, that after the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us, by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. You know, there are two things in the end. We see two things happen that are a part of this conversion. In the John passage, John chapter 3, that whoever believes on him should and not perish but have life, yeah. eternal or everlasting life. One aspect of it is eternal life. So we get a new kind of life. Eternal life, everlasting life, is not just life that lasts forever. It is that. But it's a different kind of life. Scripture in the original uses two different words for one kind of life, physical, bios, and spiritual, zoos. And so it's referred to in the John passage. And you go back. I challenge folks to go back and read that John passage again and look at the context and eternal or everlasting life is in the context of the new birth. It, mm. it is. Yep. It flows out of. Results no, I, that out totally of. Totally makes new birth. sense. And I think it goes back to things that we've said before. You got to read things in context here. Mm-hmm. That helps us understand what we're so talking about. Go back about. and read. Don't just yeah. read it once. Read it through four or five times, and and notice the explanation and the the flow of the conversation until we get to John three sixteen and seventeen and eighteen. But then Paul talks to Titus as he writes to him and says, by the washing of regeneration. Okay, that washing is that comes from we believe it's a spiritual washing from the uh, from the blood of Christ. We're washed from our sins, but and and it actually is a word that God used with Peter, Christ used with Peter when he Peter said, uh, you know, I'll just I'll take a bath right now. And Jesus <laughs> said, No, you don't need a bath, a washing. You need a nip toe. You need your feet washed. You need to be cleansed, and we all need that cleansing. But here it's talked about that washing of regeneration, that washing that comes with regeneration and the renewal of the Holy Spirit. The word renewal is important there. It means to be made new again. It's sort of a redundancy to emphasize being made new, a new life, a new direction, a conversion that comes by the work of the Holy Spirit. So what we see here is this progressive um, uh, understanding, this growing understanding of the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of, in the heart of an unbeliever, which brings them to salvation. There needs to be conviction, reproof, sin, righteousness, judgment. There needs to be, uh, then, must be, regeneration. And the nature of that regeneration is a work on the heart, on the spirit, that changes a person, brings life to them so that they can understand and know the gospel and believe. And then conversion comes when the Spirit gives this washing of regeneration and the renewal that the Spirit gives. The Spirit does all these things. Which is where this aspect of faith, putting our faith in Christ, repenting of our sins, that's all, I would assume, wrapped up into that. It is. Then. Why do we believe? Well, right. there's the back. There's the backstory. Right. We believe because, because this of the happened. gracious work of God. What does He say here? But after the kindness and love of God, our Savior toward man appeared. 
but not by our works. It's not like we worked and figured it out and figured God out, but by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. We as good Bible-believing Christians would say it's faith alone, mm-hmm. Christ alone, right. by grace alone. Yeah. Faith alone. So is it then right to say we are converted because our faith is in Christ who is converting us? It is true that we we are saved because we trusted Christ, and we have trusted Christ by because, the grace of God, mm. which is shed on us by the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I think so many times we try to nuance in the sense of it's good to nuance. It's good to dissect like we have between conviction and regeneration. But the process of this when you're watching somebody is not often clear until after they become a Christian. Yeah, yeah we don't see it all. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what Jesus said. The wind blows where it will. Right. We don't. We see its effects. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, we're out of time, but I think this has been good. Um, I assume well, I you've said everything you should thought, say, yeah. right? You, you said it all, right? We don't have to say anything else. This, this right here is everything that we need to say, right? <laughs> we'll, we'll, right. we'll pick this back up. I don't in, know if I've ever said it all about anything. Right. Well, that's true. Well, we will pick this back up next week in regards to uh, when, when the believer. Now he converted. Believer. Yeah. Now what about the guiding of the Holy Spirit? So, so join us next week. We'll look forward to talking to you then. Thanks, everyone, so much for joining us today. You can always visit us on the web at crosstalkpodcast.org. Crosstalk is produced by Vision for Living Ministries, a nonprofit organization. This podcast is a free resource, but you can support us financially through our website. For more information on Vision for Living Ministries, visit our website at visionforliving.org where you will find more great resources. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for Vision for Living or on Twitter, at V4L. We also love to hear from our listeners. You can email us anytime at info at visionforliving.org. Be sure to join us next week on Crosstalk, the gospel for today and beyond.